Kwaba. Welcome back to the Team Ghana U podcast. By sides, we receive news, updates, discussion, and everything significant football and Ghana related. As always, I want you, the listeners, to be actually involved by tweeting or emailing us for discussion or wanting more information. 2020 brought a lot, and today I would like to do a review of some sort. Despite the drawbacks of 2020, we saw some phenomenal football and some phenomenal moments. So what I'd like to do in this episode specifically is kind of review those moments and hopefully have some form of silver lining. Because I think sometimes when you... I think when you just have a, a momentary look back at maybe the year, for example, I think sometimes you don't really... Um, take in the amount of success or the amount of good moments that have actually occurred within those 12 months. So I wanted to kind of go through very briefly um, the year, truth be told. Um, So I've written down a few moments and then hopefully I'll be able to expound on some of the things that have taken place obviously within 2020. So to bring in the new year 2020, certainly it was the back end of 2019, Kurt Ukraku was announced as obviously the new president of the GFA to which obviously brought in a lot of celebration and a lot of good cheer in regards to hopefully the good work that will take place from now until whenever his his time with the GFA um, concludes. I'm not too sure. Well, obviously, we don't, we don't obviously know when that's going to be. Um, but hopefully, obviously, in his presidential term, um, a lot of success is brought in to which actually has actually taken place. So to begin with, in his term, um, there was the African Nations um, at under-20 level, I believe it was, to which qualification to the Olympics, which was supposed to be this year, um, would have been granted had um, Ghana been successful in reaching, I believe it is, the semi-finals or the finals. No, the finals, apologies. And it was a very successful tournament, truth be told. I think there was a lot of, sorry, a lot of good results. Unfortunately, we didn't reach the final in that competition and qualification for the Olympics. But I felt there was, a, there was a silver lining in regards to a lot of the performances that actually were had in that competition and a lot of light that was shown onto those individuals. Since then, in recent weeks or in recent time, in recent days, there's been the success of the under-20s again, but in the Wafu competition to which we were winners in that tournament and to which has been qualified, to which has granted us, sorry, qualification for next year's AFCONs at under-20 level. So that has brought, for me, a great silver lining to the national team at youth level this year. It started off with disappointment in not being successful, despite very, very good performances, but it's ended off on a good note in terms of winning a competition. And I think the same would be said in regards to the actual senior squad as well. And I say the senior squad because I think it's been... A mixed year, dare I say, but a mixed year in relation to, I think, progress, in which I think we've brought in a number of new players into the fold, such as um, Tyreek Fosu, and also, sorry, there's one or two names that escape me now, Awusu, apologies, who's currently playing out in the UAE, in Saudi Arabia, sorry. But I think there's a number of new faces that have come into the fold which have refreshed or freshened up the, the current group that we have, which I think going forward, I think is a very, very good look. But other highlights... Um, throughout 2020 just reeling them off and would be Jerome Boateng and Alfonso Davis's all-conquering Bayern Munich in Europe Brian Bobby for Ajax making his league and Champions League debut Eddie Nketiah for Arsenal his fine form Jennifer Cujo's move to Sky Blue um, to which also we had a conversation on the podcast as well in relation to women's football and the growth of women's football and ultimately obviously what she's looking for or what we are looking for rather from women's, women's football in Ghana then there's Curtis Mohammed's move to 
Ajax in his form, which has been fantastic. I know in recent time he's had some injuries, injury issues, but I think his form for Ajax was was phenomenal to begin with. And even on the the, the topic of Kudis Mohamed, I feel the I feel the the individuals who have come out of Ghana and come out of Africa and have come into Europe, I think has been very very successful. I think that's something over previous years to which also we discussed on the podcast, which has been an issue really, the transition from individuals who have come from Ghana and gone into Europe and maybe struggled with that transition and it hasn't quite worked out for them. But I feel there's a new breed of individuals, a new breed of of, of exports who are coming from, from Ghana or coming from Africa who have become very successful. And truth be told, that's a um, um, tribute to the individuals who came before them. Um, but moving on, there's Yunus, Maham- sorry, Yunus Musa's debut for Valencia and his fine form for Valencia. There's Kamal Dean's phenomenal form for Norgeland. Um, he's a fine talent, and I look forward to seeing him obviously playing in the future. I know he's currently playing for Norgeland, but I believe he has definitely got a huge move in him. Uh, I'd like to obviously congratulate right to, the Right to Dream Academy on the success of him and their academy thus far. And then there's Thomas Partey's form for Atletico Madrid and his consequent move to Arsenal. Um, he was in fine form towards the end of the season for Atletico Madrid, um, certainly against Liverpool, to which he got a lot of notoriety. And obviously, following that, obviously, he got his move to Arsenal. Memphis Depay, his form for Lyon, and his re-emergence back into the big time. Um, he was subject of speculation on a move to Barcelona, which didn't quite um, take place, obviously, this summer. Um, but obviously, in him being in his final year in his contract in Lyon, I imagine there will be a big move for him at some point in the summer. And then there's Tariq Lamptey. Um, in this year, obviously, he made his debut for Chelsea and then moved to Brighton, which might, people might have had question marks over. I didn't. I feel as if he, he's, a, he's a bright young talent and I feel that's worked out for him. I think he's one of the, maybe not maybe not now, but one of the form players in the league, but he's certainly one of the players who um, people expect a lot of a lot of bright things from him in the next, say, 12 to, I wouldn't say 18 months, really, but the next couple of years, truth be told. So his form has been, has been spectacular and awesome to watch and more. To which, obviously, I'd like to include the discovery, for me personally, of Ridge City in Ghana. To which, on the back of talking about women's football and our conversation with Jennifer Cujo, I think it's great to see that there's um, a club in Ghana, um, in Ridge City, who are doing great work in relation to the development of women's football. So we ourselves have had a great year too. And I've discussed, obviously, a number of individuals who've had a great year um themselves um but i feel some of the conversations and articles we've 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 actually written and published i feel have encouraged a lot of um further conversation if that makes any sense so i'd like to just go through some of those things that we've discussed in some of the articles um so i'm going to say going from back to front if that makes any sense i'm going to go i'm going to i'm going to discuss our podcast so in recent time we had the Retro Football Shirts podcast, so we discussed a lot of nostalgia, which I think is really, really important in football. I think it's important to look back on what's taking place and some of the things that I would say you hold dear to you in relation to your memories. And I think it's important, as discussed obviously on the podcast, that the individuals, the next generation, are able to connect to some of those, not necessarily things that are close to me, but th- it's very important for those individuals coming through that they have bonds and connections as well so these are things that we discussed in the podcast in relation to giveaways and things of that nature um we discussed identity um this year on the podcast um in our conversation um with bevis mugabe who's from uganda 
um, and being a part of the diaspora, um, sometimes there's a bit of a bond or connection that's lost. And I think maybe that's a conversation that probably needs to be had again, really, as to the relationship between the diaspora and those um, home nationals, if that makes any sense. And in home nationals, I mean, in this example, um, well, yeah, in this example, Ghana, you know, the, the bond and the relationship. Um, where does it stand? What does it mean? And for someone like Bevis Mugabe, not that he was lost in any way, shape or form, but he felt he found himself in being able to go back to Uganda and play for Uganda. So it meant a lot to him. So we went, we, we had a great conversation as to identity and his family. Oh, moving on, we had a conversation with Joel Pascal and as to football in the community and the importance of different types of football, um, if that makes any sense. So obviously we know football has a very, well, football has a professional arm to which at elite level, there's a lot of money brought into the game, but we need to understand obviously the essence of football and where those gems come from. And those the, the, those those gems come from football in the community, which is the entry point. So we discussed the importance of those individuals who are coaching at that level and to an extent who are not quite receiving the reward. And that could be financial, but at the same time also recognition for the work they do, not only as coaches, but as mentors as well. So we had a great conversation um, with Jarrell as to the importance of football in the community and the, di the different aspects of football in the community. Um, we discussed what region has been the most productive for Ghanaians and I felt that was a really interesting conversation. The reason why I say that is because um, football in relation to, and I say this, I was going to say tongue-in-cheek, but with, with air quotes as to Ghana have been probably importing and exporting footballers, but more so probably exporting footballers for at least 20 stroke 30 years. Some may say otherwise, but we're going to go on the notion of 20, 30 years. And I'm going to say with that, our discussion was about where has been the most successful. So we use some stats, we use some information based on articles um, to actually kind of decipher and pinpoint obviously where what region has been the most successful so for myself who i live in london and i'm born and bred um in the uk i've seen obviously a number of individuals um, from ghana come and play here and be successful so we noted and highlighted individuals such as sen um, and many other individuals who have played in italy france in the middle east um, also in, in Europe as well. So we discussed obviously the, the difference and the importance of seeing those roles. Spain, Spain and Portugal becoming a, a new hub for Ghanaians. Italy, which I've only not recently understood, but actually Italy is a, is, is a real hub for, for Ghanaian football. It's only until I really saw the stats and I've had conversations with people that I've really developed my knowledge as to understanding why Italy is really important for Ghanaian football. Um, so that was really interesting, really interesting findings. We had a great conversation with Alex Daly um, from Montserrat, and who was working with the Montserrat FA. And I feel that was a really interesting conversation too. And the reason why I say that was an interesting conversation because that draws parallels with Carousel, I'm going to say, I believe the name of the country is. I think I may have mispronounced it, I'm not too sure. But Gus Hiddink heads up um, Carousel, to which... They have um, a Dutch connection to which they're currently trying to see if there's any um, individuals in the Netherlands who have Carousel um, descendancy to which can potentially actually represent Carousel. So uh, we discussed the, 
the methods to which Alex Daly, A, became obviously an international with Montserrat, but at the same time, how they actually recruit players and being a very, very small nation. So that was a really, really interesting conversation because Alex Daly himself said he was playing Sunday league football whilst he was an international footballer. And I feel that's an incredible story in itself. We had another through the lens conversation with Eugenia Senna, and that was more so about recruitment and the type of recruitment that takes place um, in Italy, but at the same time, obviously, his experience in being a coach in working in several different countries around the world. One of the other podcasts was The New Wave. Again, another really interesting conversation or, or podcast, rather, but I was discussing, obviously, as I mentioned before, the individuals who have come through very, very recently. Um, and popped onto the world stage and discussing obviously the positivity as to what the future looks like for Ghana. So although at times there can be a bit of gloom and doom as to um, where we are in potentially being stagnant, but there are a number of individuals who are actually popping on the world stage and playing for very, very good clubs and at a very, very good level, which are challenging them, but at the same time making our country, the Black Stars, very competitive. On on the subject of the new wave and that and that podcast, which was episode twenty one, episode twenty was the the title of it was called Happy Anniversary. How will we look back in twenty years? And I remember when I wrote that or certainly did that podcast, it was in relation to that was in the middle of, the, of lockdown and there was a lot of anniversary celebrations as to things taking place. And I think Zidane put up a post as to it being his twentieth anniversary I believe it was or his 18th or 19th anniversary since he signed for Real Madrid and I felt that was really important because I think he went on to achieve well we know what Zidane went on to achieve so in 2001 I think so he signed for Real Madrid I think he went on to be world player of the year again he won the Champions League he won La Liga um, he won the Champions League three times in a row as a coach he's won La Liga twice now as a coach and is currently still in charge of Real Madrid and doing okay at this moment in time they could be doing better but they're doing okay at this moment in time and i felt it was really important the same way he was celebrating his anniversary i thought it was really important to draw contrast and comparison obviously with ourselves and what will we be doing or what will we be looking back as to in the next 20 years as to our level of success so i felt it was a really 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 important podcast and conversation that took place like episode 18 and 19, that that was the new norm and the COVID restart. And that was a bit, I'm going to say that I think, no, that wasn't the beginning of the lockdown because that was still in June. But we were kind of like analysing obviously what had taken place really in the period and, and what the future looked like for African and also Ghanaian football. And I feel that's still a really, really interesting conversation. And I say that because... I think sometimes no, I'll start. I'll start off with this. So I think that more often than not, I think we as football fans or as people, we draw contrast to let's say what's the best out there, and let's say the best product at this moment in time will be the Premier League, and we'll probably draw sorry, we'll probably draw contrast with the Premier League as to our football, and what have we got to do to get ourselves there. But I think we have our own unique. Um, selling points to which will make our league different and I think we need to focus on those things but at the same time uh, we're having a very green spell to which we're developing a lot of footballers I know there's a lot of things as to infrastructure to which could be a lot better but we're having a very green spell and I think my point being is and this is the same as to women's football as well our football does not have to be the same as La Liga 
the Bundesliga and the Premier League or Serie A. Our football can be different, unique, but equally as good. I think each product in the world, not just in football, has its place and has its market. And I think we need to focus on our niche. And our niche is... I think we have personality. I think we have personality, whether it's us as in people or in the way we play. But I think there's a number of different ways that can be broken down. That may be a subject for another day, but there are my thoughts in relation to African football. We had a conversation with Richard Glemeru, and again, that's another really important conversation on the subject of um, Right to Dream, which I mentioned a little bit earlier. So Right to Dream, as I haven't said it, but um, as some of you may know, obviously are an independent academy in Ghana to which they educate young boys, but at the same time develop footballers. And with Richard Glemmer, we discussed the, the roots and the avenues as to coming out of the Right to Dream Academy. He himself went on to get a scholarship in the States, um, has educated himself, which is fantastic, and is currently playing football, obviously, with his college. He said, obviously, that not that he hasn't been fortunate. He's been very successful and been very fortunate to get an education. He himself wasn't successful and doesn't believe he'll become a professional footballer. But him joining the Right to Dream Academy is one of the best things that he's ever done. So we discussed the possible routes in with Right to Dream, but at the same time, the possibilities with football. We've discussed the, the best Ghanaians to, to feature in Europe. That was a great conversation. Um, we've discussed the infrastructure and the growth of Ghanaian football, which I've just mentioned before as to the unique selling points African or Ghanaian football actually has. I thought that was a great conversation. That was episode 15. And I probably recommend, well, I recommend listening to all our episodes, truth be told. Yeah. But I feel our discussions as to infrastructure and the differences and what we should do, I think, have always been great conversations. Um, we discussed where has the flair and where has the gusto evaporated in our game? Um, although he's not Ghanaian. In fact, no, this individual is Ghanaian. Um, um, the Abede Pele's, I was thinking of the George Weyers, all these individuals. There's plenty. Um, um, JJ Kocha, again, obviously he's not Ghanaian, but they, they, there was a plethora of individuals who had flair and gusto. And that was almost yesteryear as to that generation. And I'm going to say this generation, I haven't quite seen that at this moment in time. Um, it's definitely missing from my game. Um, I think there's maybe something different to our game, but I feel that factor. Those elements are, are something that made us unique, made us special. These are the things that get people off their seat. That's why people fall in love with football. That was something, in fact, just touching that, I want to add something else to that. In one of our episodes, we discussed obviously how closer is Africa to its next Ballon d'Or since George Ware winning in 1995. And I feel... That link between the gusto and the flair disappearing is probably the reason why we haven't seen it. I think we've had some phenomenal players since. African players, such as Yaya Toure, Samuel Eto'o, the list got Didier Jogba. There's been some phenomenal um, individuals who have, who, who have graced the field, but at the same time been ambassadors on the field as well. But how close are we to our, our, our next Ballon d'Or? Who do you think it will be? Where do you think that individual will come from? What region do you believe is producing some phenomenal talent that will potentially be in that one, two, three as to gold, silver and bronze for the next Ballon d'Or winner? And then, like, on my, probably my last my last comment as to um, our podcast is why isn't Ghana a powerhouse in African football? I mean, we're a powerhouse... Well, I want to say we're rediscovering where we were 
probably in the late 80s stroke early 90s um but where where are we on the scene in relation to african club football and um, because that is i think it's huge huge potential there huge potential in relation to the um the players that are currently leaving the country and playing in europe or playing in in asia and playing in the middle east huge potential so clearly the talent is there but it's not not quite being um, transferred or translated as to the the influence and success on the field in African football. At this moment in time, I know a lot of the Egyptian side to be the the dominant forces in that in in the continent. So yeah, there it is. That that's it in relation to our podcast, and that's been quite a bit of information. I feel I've kind of relayed there, and just very briefly because we've actually done a few articles obviously this year as well. So I kind of want to go over those too. So. Ah, our first article, why? Sorry, why we began Team Ghana EU? Well, I began Team Ghana EU personally because I felt that the conversations weren't being had and I felt that there wasn't a place or there wasn't a home where people can find information but at the same time have a conversation as to developing Ghanaian football, truth be told. And the same would be said or had as to African football as well. Our next article... Um, was a new wave, to which obviously I've mentioned and discussed very briefly as to the new wave coming through. Our following article was, we need to do what dons do. And again, just as to, not necessarily repeating myself, because I'm going to say something slightly different, is as to, football doesn't have to be played or done in one way. Like, all football doesn't have to be broadcasted on Sky Sports. It doesn't, have to, it doesn't all have to be broadcasted on BT Sports. So you've got um, the SE Dons from South East London who are currently playing Sunday League football and doing it very, very well with personality and broadcasting on YouTube to which you've got thousands, if not millions of followers around the world and have gained a lot of notoriety and had a lot of success from what they do. Our following article was in relation to what league, um, apologies, which, 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 which league or region has been the most productive for Ghanaians discussed it very briefly the value of our game i've literally just kind of said bits and pieces as to the value of our game we offer something different i think we need to understand that we're unique very unique very very special individuals and truth be told that kind of wraps up 2020 and there are a couple more articles um obviously currently we're doing obviously a festive giveaway as to giving out loads of information giving out loads of um kit so be it t-shirts, socks, shorts, equipment, all that type of stuff um, in Ghana. So I'm hoping obviously to be in Ghana at some point, at some point, very, very soon, if my flights are not cancelled in the next say, week or so. So hopefully that can continue and hopefully that can happen. Um, but we've done other articles and other things as to promoting youth football. That is massive for me, promoting youth football, promoting the diaspora and promoting those in Ghana. So our new article, which came out on December the 22nd, called 2020 Over and Out, we discuss, obviously, again, some of the things that have taken place in 2020, but at the same time, promoting or highlighting maybe a few individuals that people should look to in perhaps maybe 2021. There's more individuals, but I just chose to highlight 10. Um, so go follow those individuals and um, show them some support. That being said, I think it's been a phenomenal 2020. I know we've definitely had some drawbacks, but if you look back with maybe with a little bit of hindsight, I think you'll find the gems... And I think you'll find a bit of gratitude as to what you've achieved or what we've achieved as to Ghanaian football and Ghana in general. That's it for this week's episode and for 2020. 
We'll be posting as usual via social media, keeping up with the stories as they unfold in the coming weeks. As always, if you've got any questions or queries, email us at teamgarneu at gmail.com or tweet or DM us at teamgarneu on IG or Twitter. Thank you, take care, and we'll see you in 2021 in a couple of weeks. Thank you.